A Conscious Chance Podcast by Andrew Kay. Part 1, An Introduction Dear fellow humans, the time has now come for us, the individuals of the world, to stand up. For not only our own lives, but for those that can't, for those that won't, and for all life on this wonderfully beautiful planet. Isn't it extraordinary, bewildering, how recklessly we continue to place ourselves and the planet in such a highly dysfunctional, precarious situation? Life on Earth has never faced anything so potentially catastrophic, except perhaps the perceived threat of a nuclear war. Global warming, however, with its dramatic changes to our climates is just one example of a major planetary dysfunction impacting the entire planet now. It's time we accepted that no one else is going to stand up for us. The political structures of our worlds are clearly not going to act as we might have expected, assumed or hoped. Responsibility and powerful action needs to now come from the bottom up, from the individuals in our worlds. The possibility that humans might not have a future on this extraordinary planet hangs in the balance. And this is outrageous. We must stand up and take up the challenge, take to the task that will give us a conscious chance. You might be wondering, how could I possibly make any difference, even if I wanted to stand up? And what on earth would give us a conscious chance anyway? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. I wanted to get a hold of your attention by firstly stating what for many is already absurdly obvious. And now, as one of your elders, I ask you, I urge you to give me an opportunity to go on and explain to you what I consider our conscious chance to be. Let me make a start. We, the most powerful entities on the planet, have got ourselves unknowingly locked up inside the labyrinth and all the inherent dysfunctions of a mind-based state of consciousness. A state we've long come to accept and think is conscious, but it's not. We ask a mind to perform the task of being conscious. No wonder we have so many diabolical, dysfunctional, mind-created situations happening all over the planet. And unfortunately, the mind-based matrix can't, won't, solve the dysfunctions it creates. It can't help but continue to do more of the same. Be dysfunctional. Something substantially more effective, profoundly more wisely intelligent than mind needs to come into being. Doesn't that sound absurd? But it's true. Now here's the rub of it all. There is something, something truly remarkable, and it's found in a place where we would, of course, be least likely to look. In a place mind would never think to look. 
It's found inside every individual on the planet, from the youngest of children to the oldest of elders. We are the solution. Our consciousness, so cleverly obscured by mind, is our solution. And amazingly, all we have to do is decommission the mind-based matrix and start being. Being the consciousness we already are and of course have always been. Here is our most essential, most urgent task and the one that will give us much, much more than a conscious chance. Extraordinary clarity, a conscious, loving connectedness, a wise, intelligent knowingness, and a soul-centered powerfulness are just some of what becomes available to us as we open up and allow the depths of our consciousness, allow what has always been there to at last come freely to the surface of our lives. The sovereignty of being, the sovereignty of consciousness. Consciousness is the effectiveness that will inspire and drive our ability to stand up. We've been clever with many, many aspects of life using a relatively unconscious mind-based state, a state which has clearly reached its use-by state. As you begin to know and understand what's really happening, you can begin to imagine what we can do consciously this is enormous. Many of us can, many of us will stand up. Now, please give me an opportunity to go on and explain to you how it is absolutely possible for us to cut the chains that bind us to this mind-based illusional state. And so doing, allow what has always been there to emerge and for the most of us for the first time. Part two of a Conscious Chance podcast, and it's titled Our Conscious Chance. It's inconceivable, almost impossible for us to think that there could be any overriding solution that would go anywhere close to enabling the changes we now so desperately need. But remarkably, and as I've already suggested, there is. What's even more remarkable is that the solution is really quite amazingly simple. It's explainable, it's understandable, and it's doable. Let me try to explain and have you understand. Our worlds we can consider as outer reflections in form of what goes on inside us, inside the form of our mind-based state of consciousness. Many of the dysfunctions in our worlds are simply reflections of our own internal dysfunction. Our key lies in getting to the very heart of this primary dysfunction and then, if we can, begin to grasp and understand that an awful lot of everything else is more or less a symptom, a consequence of this, our primary dysfunction. Our primary dysfunction is ego, the mind-based, personalised sense of self we all house in our heads. This illusionary sense of self is the primary cause of most suffering 
and the major cause of planetary dysfunction generally. How is this possible? It's possible because we've been asking our minds to do the job of consciousness. We've been asking and relying on a mind to come up with a version of what it thinks is real and true. Therefore our sense, our perception of reality is mind derived. It all became possible as we learnt, as we conditioned ourselves to substitute thinking for being. We somehow decided not to be. We said no to being, but yes to having. Having an ego, a personalised sense of self, with all the attendant stuff that goes with it. So mind-based thinking with its many, many constructs replaced consciousness. We consequently lost access to the brilliance that consciousness innately is and tragically for all life. We lost the ability to be the truly intelligent, wisely knowing, lovingly connected conscious entities that we are and have always been. We effectively dumbed ourselves down. We became something we're not and in so doing developed an insatiable hunger a hunger for more of everything. Perhaps this has been a stage of our evolution. Perhaps the insanity of our situations is just what is needed to push us up and over the edge into a more evolved stage of our evolution on planet Earth. However, in the meantime, we all sit precariously perched. Ego waits for no one and cares not whether we evolve whether we survive or whether we don't. All it can care about is the ongoing maintenance of its own illusion. It's a program we've conditioned our minds to run. Ego is an amazing mind feat, a feat only our true selves can do anything about. The mechanism that creates and sustains ego is amazingly clever at managing to hide us away from our real selves from consciousness itself. Fortunately, many mind-contrived constructs are inherently weak in certain spots and ego, being mind-contrived, is no exception. It has an inherent weakness, a key weakness that marvellously delivers our conscious chance. So the decommissioning of our ego is our primary, most essential task. It's the task that remarkably allows something entirely, profoundly new to arise in its place. Because the very thing that dissolves our mind-based sense of self automatically opens the portal to our consciousness. We emerge into a new sense of beingness, being consciously alive. Now, coupled to this, our most essential task sits the notion of timing. Some say that timing is everything. I'm not sure why, but it does seem that timing is certainly of some consequence, some relevance to this time we all find ourselves in. And everything tells me that now is the time for us to stand up. Let's look more closely at this timely business. We have a relatively new concept that has crept into our lives and living experiences. 
The word paradigm describes this concept. Paradigm signals timely change and seems to broadcast the notion of there being untold, unrealized amounts of, let's call it potential, waiting in the wings of our worldly stages, just hanging around waiting to manifest as new form expressions on the planet. How interesting, how timely. We can imagine paradigms as bundles of newness, bundles of highly effective new systems, new arrangements of dynamic principles and practice, all of which sound the notes of profound change. We can't but help notice the altogether newness of certain paradigm forms that have already emerged seemingly out of nowhere into various modes of our lives. Paradigms are somehow released into our realms, much like some plants release their seeds to the wind for dispersal. When, where, and if a paradigm lands depends very much, it seems, upon there being someone aware and awake enough to catch it. Our consciousness is, I suggest, the most potentially productive garden for a paradigm to land in. And this is obviously already happening. Much newness has and continues to arrive despite the tight limitations and resistance of the ego construct. As I've suggested, these paradigms bring highly effective new principles and practice to all areas of our lives. Some classic examples are words, concepts and practices like team synergy, more with less, win-win, stillness speaks, student-centered learning, low stress stock handling, regenerative agricultural practices like rotational grazing, co-creating with nature intelligence, the computer with its countless more with less applications, natural horsemanship, you can, I'm sure, now realise how wonderful, how potentially fortuitous this is for us as we not only go about emerging into a new, powerfully conscious expression of who we already are, but then as we stand up to proactively address the worldly issues that beg for a new approach, the application of a new paradigm. And yes, we, our consciousness, is the key downloader. We are the vehicles through which newness comes to form. We remember that consciousness begets consciousness. Consciousness inspires consciousness. So again, couple to and partnering our process of emerging from the limitations and constrictions that is ego, comes this wonderful, timely blossoming, this extraordinary abundance of newness in the form of paradigms. Our conscious chance relies on a paradigm that urges and pulses and beckons us to evolve into the conscious expression of who we already are. Wow, that we already are, everything we might ever possibly need goes through, above, around and beyond just about everything the mind has long conditioned us to accept and believe about ourselves. This is a massive, massive realization. An evolutionary paradigm shift waits to happen. And wonderfully, wonderfully, it's a shift we can all affect by ourselves. 
no matter where we are on the planet, no matter who we are, no matter what we're doing. We now need no other, no other thing at all. It's already here. It's who we are, even though we might never have realized it. So stand up because you can and make this evolutionary shift. Shift yourself from a perception of life that is mind bound to an unlimited soul inspired state of consciousness. Imagine all the dynamics of these new paradigms as the underlying score of a wonderful musical that enthusiastically, passionately waits to be played on our planetary stage. And we now know, we can now experience how it is the task of our consciousness to download the component parts and put it all together. A new musical wants to play, new living life expressions want to materialize on planet Earth. We, the most powerful entities on the planet, somehow got ourselves hopelessly, unconsciously caught up in the complexities and all the inherent dysfunctions of a mind-based state. But now it is completely possible for us to emerge into the conscious expression of who we already are and have always been. We are souls, consciousness itself. We come to planet Earth to play in a material dimension. Can you feel? Can you now sense how enormously big this is? We are deeply in the midst of a truly wonderful evolutionary movement. And as you now know, or are beginning to realize, you, your consciousness, holds our chance. Let's now move to part three of the podcast and get familiar with how the ego program runs our lives. Part three of the Conscious Chance podcast. And it's titled The Labyrinth of the Ego Illusion. Ego is the predominant state of consciousness. You could say unconsciousness on the planet. It's so normal we think, we assume it's natural, but it's not. So what is this thing we call ego? What is this thing that so effectively disengages the innate capacity of our consciousness that makes us so insatiably hungry and so distorts and limits our perceptions of reality? Let's have a look. Our egos are nothing more than bunches, big bunches of stories that start wanting to be heard the instant we wake up and run pretty well throughout all our waking moments until we go back to sleep again. For the vast majority, the story now runs for an entire lifetime with there being no awakening out of the ego illusion. Ego shapes itself differently around the planet, but the underlying mechanisms that create and sustain the illusion remain much the same, whether you land in the outer suburbs of Copenhagen, a remote cattle station in central Australia, or a luxury apartment in the middle of Tokyo. All egos are collections of personalised thoughts, all supported with a complex collection of mental, physical and emotional patterns 
all of which we learn to strongly invest with a sense of me, mine. Ego maintains the illusion, the program of its my story, using lots of habitual, conditioned, incessant thinking. Ego looks to the content of any event, any situation, and any moment as food with which to feed and maintain the ongoing illusion of its my story. The reality of our lives in both our inner and outer worlds become reflections of these personalised collections. Our opinions, our attitudes, our values, our beliefs, our judgments, our particular wants and needs. Many of the thoughts that habitually surround what I want, what I like, what I dislike, what I could, what I should, what I will, etc. A lot of the thoughts I think as I wait for the bus, the kettle to boil, the traffic lights to turn green, my kids to turn up, etc. My places, my home, my weekend shack, my untidy tool shed, my secluded beach, my favourite restaurant, my country, etc. My things, my wreck of a car, my unfit overweight body, my electric bike, my man toys, my social media profile, my favourite team, my illustrious career, my phone plan, my extended family, my retirement plan, etc, etc. We need to know that none of these are themselves the issue or the cause of ego. It's the extent to which we derive the ego sense of who we think we are as we attach our sense of self to them. This is the illusion of ego, misidentifying who we are with forms, both physical and non-physical, and all conceptualized by thinking. Ego separates us, sets us apart from everyone and everything. Ego causes separation, which at a more conscious, more enlightened level does not actually exist. Ego causes us to forget that all form in this dimension is consciousness. Consciousness expressing and functioning in a superb myriad of different forms, but nonetheless all arising from the same pond. All consciousness is intimately, inextricably connected. As we've already discussed, ego has this huge appetite for more. Not surprising when you consider the size of the internal hole ego attempts to fill. Nothing is ever really right. There's always some underlying discontent, issue, unrest, dissatisfaction, want or need. The ego state is inherently unstable and the major cause of unhappiness and suffering. Ego's insatiable appetite creates much of the noise, the actions of ego looking to find more of itself in the forms of the planet. Unfortunately, we have cleverly developed ever increasingly powerful technologies which give tremendous leverage to this insatiable desire our ego state has for more of everything. Ego constantly causes us to divert our attention to look outside ourselves for the more. This is a calamity, the diversionary distraction of ego, which causes so much harm to both ourselves and planetary systems. 
Ego can never be satisfied because the dynamic that requires more is the central dynamic ego has to use to feed and maintain its illusion. Ego also uses notions from the past and the future to eliminate now. The ego mechanisms inserts preconditioned notions of what the present moment ought to be, could be, should be, rarely allowing it to be as it is. Ego constantly drags from the past and from a future not yet arrived to block out the present moment. For many, the ego state is a perpetual unhappiness with whatever happens in the moment. Staggering, unbelievable amounts of suffering have and continue to be perpetrated by the ego state. We're controlled, we're manipulated, we're greatly disempowered and we're greatly disadvantaged by a state of consciousness that is not conscious and it's become increasingly destructive. I hope this part of the podcast has given you a useful, workable insight into the essential mechanisms ego has to use in order to maintain its illusion and in so doing drive much of our life experiences. We live mind-driven lives. Let's now move on to how. How can we cut ourselves free from the chains that bind us to this dysfunctional ego illusion. Part four of a Conscious Chance podcast and it's titled Decommissioning Your Ego Illusion. Fortunately, the illusion of ego is extremely vulnerable and fragile to one simple liberating truth. A truth mythology, spiritual masters and life heroes have long attempted to have us realise. The illusional ego state dissolves when you're aware, when you're present to any given moment. The light of your consciousness gets to shine through the crack created by your presence and the ego illusion dissolves. It's remarkably simple, but here lies the solution, the weak spot that dissolves the ego construct. This is why being present is such a big deal. It's a massive deal because the present moment is the only place consciousness is made conscious. Let me say that again. The present moment is the only place our consciousness is made conscious. It's extraordinary how cleverly the operating mechanism of ego has managed to stop us being present by ensuring that our attention is incessantly in our heads busily thinking. So for most of us, the present moment doesn't exist. It's hidden by the noise of incessant thinking. So very few moments ever actually exist for us to be present. Therefore, few moments exist for us to be consciously awake. And it works. It's been an enormously successful, clever ruse. If you haven't already, I suggest we make a start. Begin to decommission your own ego by looking at the construction of your own particular ego castle. 
Check out the structures, the frameworks that build, maintain and define the boundaries of your particular and for some, your collective ego castles. No easy feat. It takes a lot of courage and a serious commitment to willingly, soberly look deeply into this eternal space and begin a process that only ourselves can do. It's all happening in our own heads. We're putting our hands up to perform a massive personal transformation. It can feel like we're dying and in a way something substantially is. A very convincing illusion begins to fall apart right in front of our noses, in front of our presence. So keep looking deeply, keening, keenly. Become a passive observer like a bystander, like an innocent child if you can, and observe what's going on in there. Observe the activity of your own mind and begin to appreciate as only you can the extent to which your life pretty well runs on mind activity alone. Don't judge this, ridicule it, or give yourself a hard time in any way as you begin to observe your own interior realm. Just quietly, passively observe as best you can, when you can, and notice when you can't. Initially, for many of us, observing mind activity is almost impossible because we're so completely engulfed, so completely encapsulated in our ego reality, no space actually exists to be an observer. It's not possible. No holes exist in the armour of our ego. We can't get separate, we can't be an observer of all the activity going on in our heads. So we have to work at getting some height, some distance, getting to one side of it all. Imagine we have to climb to the top of a yacht's mast and from this elevated spot, we get to look down and watch. Watch as we perform some simple task, for example, or start looking, giving your attention to a body part, a kneecap, a finger, your foot, your breath, etc. Give your full attention to looking you can't think and intently observe at the same time. Make no drama, no big deal out of any of this. That's what ego does. But continue to coach yourself to do the only thing that intervenes, the only thing that can and will break the hold the mind-based ego has on you. Really get to know in the light of your own experience what the phrase being present being in the moment truly means and keep remembering that the present moment is the only place your consciousness is made conscious. Observe yourself as often as you can. How present or not present are you in the moments of your daily life? What situations, what events cause you to lose your presence? Notice how long you can be without a thought, any thought, barging itself into your presence. Two seconds, 10 seconds, 15, 20, a minute. Know that silence and stillness are your friends here. Find places to be quiet and still. 
the constant incessant activity of the mind matrix often gives little chance for us to be either quiet or still. For many of us, the mind is incessantly noisy. Notice how often we might feel a need for a distraction of some sort. Recreational drugs, medications, a movie, shopping, your phone, distractions of all sorts, just to shut it all down, turn it off for a bit so we can get a break. Unfortunately, many of the technologies our minds have now so cleverly developed have leveraged mind activity to completely new, unprecedented levels as they deliver endless streams of content for our minds to feed on, to be entertained by and think about. A smorgasbord, 24-7. No wonder mental health issues are now so the norm. For many, our minds, our physical and emotional bodies are exhausted as we try to keep up with the impossible task of having us constantly think we're something we're not. So practice, practice, passively, persistently play with being present. Here I am, present. Oops, there I go. Here I am again, present, present, present. Oh, that feels wonderful. There's so much heartfelt sweetness in presence. Being here, clearly perceiving the reality of any moment enables us to be aware and perhaps for the first time that our mind is not being given the opportunity to give us its version of what it thinks is happening and suggesting a condition what might, should, could we be doing there. Living in the moment is being present in and to our lives, present to whatever is happening there. If there's something to be done, you'll know what to do and just do it. So dear fellow humans, this is our work, our most essential task. The task that gives us our conscious chance, playing with being, being present. This is the repeatable process you engage in over and over again. Make it your game. You play on the inside whenever you can, wherever you are, doing whatever you're doing or not doing. Keep investing in presence, moment by moment. And as you become more and more present, and you will, you will come to know and realize in the light of your own experience that the consciousness that manifests in the present moment is, as Eckhart Tolle so brilliantly describes, your primary intelligence, the organizing essence that sits behind your mind. This is the monumental difference between ego and soul. Ego is a mind-fabricated construct, but soul is no construct. Soul is not something we could ever make up. Soul is consciousness itself, and consciousness is, in turn, intelligently, wisely, knowingly connected and inspired by the consciousness of all that is. Ego and soul couldn't be any more different. As you decommission your ego, you become a very powerful, highly intelligent, 
knowing soul, having the being human experience consciously. The proven immense capacity of your mind now gets put back into a place of service, service to your consciousness. Our conscious chance no longer involves chance. Against incredible odds we arrive and the adventure of being human moves up an evolutionary notch. Let me now close the podcast with part five. Part five is titled Up an Evolutionary Notch We Go. You now get to experience our consciousness as the working state of our souls. With more and more presence, this working state begins to express and function as our perceiving awareness, as our intelligent, wise knowingness, and as our presence. You are now free to begin expressing the uniqueness that is your soul. You are now the planet's most conscious creative entity and being creative is the ability we so clearly need to not only tackle the enormous mess ego has left us with, but as we begin to make manifest entirely new expressions of what life on earth can now become. Our conscious enabling state becomes the worthy receiver of the wonderful gifts so eagerly being thrust our way by the winds of change that blow in the potentiality of a new era. Our conscious presence is the still space, the basket into which this all falls freely. Bundles of paradigms have already made their presence well and truly felt, and they prove themselves to be not only entirely different, but they're highly effective. These paradigms seem completely aligned to this time, a time we have now intelligently, wisely aligned ourselves with. Here are our tools. New principles and practices will make any one person stand up powerful and highly effective in whatever realm you live, work and play in. The perceiving awareness of consciousness brings untold clarity. And clarity is one of the essential prerequisites for any intelligent, wise, effective, heartfelt conscious action. Conscious clarity allows us to stand up boldly proactively. It allows us to know, to identify and prioritise the issues most pressingly bearing down on us, our communities and the planet. It now becomes completely possible for you to begin tackling what you have in front of you and you no longer need rely on anyone else, anything to tell you what, where or how to begin. The runaway global issues such as climate change are one prime example, an issue impacting the entire planet and all life. Being consciously aware confuses your personal authority with a powerful, authentic integrity. You now just know, you act. Consciousness is the brilliant difference the remarkable difference that you now bring into your world, no matter who you are, where you are, doing whatever it is that you do. The mind-based state crippled much of our innate capacity 
but it also inadvertently caused us to surrender much of our personal power, our rightful authority and response ability to something, someone outside of ourselves. You've now got it back. You can now stand up and give leadership where you sense and know it is most needed. Change can now come from the bottom up, from the people of the world taking back responsibility for what needs to happen now. Allow the planet to benefit from your vision, your imaginations, your innovations and inventions, your genius, your newly downloaded paradigms, your ability to now ask, access aspects of unused DNA that perhaps only ever needed a little conscious nudge to awaken. Your unconditional love and care for everyone and everything and of course your presence, the lightness of your being. Your, our worlds will change. As our consciousness awakens, we find our focus, our attention naturally becomes more concerned with the whole, the whole of humanity, the whole of the planet. We're all so inextricably connected. We will all benefit enormously from the processional aspects of awakening the giant that is our soul in ways that are as yet beyond our experience, beyond our imaginations. We don't really know what this will look like, but our experience, our adventure of being human moves up an evolutionary notch. We've evolved the sovereignty of ourselves, the sovereignty of consciousness itself. A most wonderful, truly noble, remarkable achievement. Imagine planet Earth as a huge round sphere, completely packed full of consciousness, all expressing in a magnificent myriad of forms. And ourselves, now the most powerful, wisely intelligent, response-able, lovingly connected, creative entities in it. Begin to imagine the games that will now be played as we begin to play with life consciously. The shift from ego to soul establishes what so many have worked so hard towards, what so many have given their lives for over the ages. The sovereignty of soul, which finally brings peace within and peace on earth. So dear, dear peoples with a joyful heart, seize the adventure of being being the extraordinary conscious entity through and by which a new epoch can now unfold all over this wonderful planet we so lovingly, so affectionately call Earth.